My name is Val Tremonti. I live in Tulsa right now with my wife, um, Katie, and our three kids. And um, she's in the back taking care of our youngest kid. And if you'll look at her, it'll make her feel really awkward. <laughs> Thank you. Um, she told me that I look like I'm in a boy band with this. So I'm really mic'd up. And I, this whole row right here, I asked to pray for me that I won't trip and fall. So the rest of you can join into that. And um, I want to start with just prayer. Um, asking the Spirit to just open us up to Him and really to connect us with each other. Um, Because without that, nothing good is going to happen. Jesus, I I just thank You for this opportunity. I'm asking that You let me see Your face right now. I'm asking for my friends in this room that You would meet with us. Holy Spirit, I just surrender this time to You. I want to be a vessel that You would... um, use in this time. Each of these people have come here to meet with you. And so would you meet with them? I can't carry that, and I, um, but I feel for them. I want them to hear from you. I want the truths that we're going to talk about and the truth of the gospel to ring true in their hearts. And I want them to know um, your calling on their lives. I want them to experience you in this time. And so we submit ourselves to you and we ask you, and you're already here. We don't have to conjure you or in or make you come into this room. You're with us. And so would you just let us see us. Would you just let us see you? Would you um, reveal yourself to us, and would you connect us? Amen. So when I... I like to teach interactive. Um, I don't really like monologuing, and I'm doing a plenary tomorrow, which I'm like, oh, man, I have to talk for that long by myself. So I'm going to ask questions, and I want you to participate. And at least this row, we're friends enough now that you guys can give me some stuff. The rest of you, please join in. Um, So the title of this is, So You Want to Be a Missionary, Why Wait? And the question I want to just launch out with is, when you think about yourself as a missionary, so some of these guys are all in uh, college right now, and they're they're doing nursing or pre-med, and they're thinking about the future of, I want to be a missionary. Um, I want to serve God in that capacity overseas. Um, what do you what do you think about when you think about yourself in the future at living as a missionary? Give me anything that kind of what your life looks like, what you look like as a missionary. Okay. So just being in another country. That's part of the picture in your mind. Okay. What else? What is it about being a missionary? Okay, so there's some element of difficulty. That's appealing, right? You're like, yes, I want to do that. Sacrifice? Okay, sacrifice. What do you think about with sacrifice? Okay. Finances? How is finance? um, What do you think about with finances? Like, how is it in your mind that missionary would be a sacrifice for finances? Not being comfortable. Okay. Yeah, like stretching you. Yeah, or not making it. I guess with the finances, not making as much as you would make yeah, here yeah. doing what you're doing. Someone said family. Who's that? Okay. What about family as a sacrifice? I think thinking about raising a family in another country. Is okay. So having a family in another country. Mm-hmm. And also, like, family here and being separated. <coughs> yeah, both. So the and that's all under sacrifice. So there's a kind of a distance and a disconnect from your family here, plus the 
challenges, difficulties, sacrifices of actually whatever what your family would experience wherever you go. What else? Experiencing culture. Okay. So experiencing a different culture. What do you mean? Like uh, cross-cultural. Okay. Let's go back to, let's hit sacrifice a little bit more. Anything, other thoughts about sacrifice before we go to different things? Conveniences. Conveniences. Like what? Might be able to find fast food wherever you. <laughs> fast food, um, TV. Okay. What else? Any other sacrifices that just come to mind? Or like, and this is your dream life. This is you guys are here because I think you're thinking about this. Your desire is to be a missionary, and you want to live. You want to live that way. And these are the things that you think about when you think about that, <laughs> which is interesting. What else under sacrifices? Do you guys think about other sacrifices? Or? Your time? Okay, how so? So, you might not have enough alone time to do Yeah. So time, your kind of alone time, personal time. Because, because you see yourself kind of pouring out. Like as you're seeing the picture of you as a missionary, you're seeing your life kind of poured out for other people. Okay? That's a good picture. What did you say? Okay, your life. It's all encompassing. What are you thinking about with life? Your well-being. Okay. Your health. Like physical, your physical life. Physical life. Okay, yeah. So health, health could suffer. Maybe you could die. Okay. Anything else you guys think about with sacrifice? Hobbies. Hobbies. Like I'm a runner. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And these are the ways you think about yourself in the future, like as a missionary. You think about, could be this, could be sacrificing even my hobbies. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, freedoms. Okay. Yeah, so I'll even put that separate. So being being different. Can't spell right now. <clears throat> so when you think about yourself as a missionary, you think about yourself sticking out and being different. What else do you think about? I'm going to put back the one we put about cross-cultural. What about you personally? What do you think about you personally when you think of yourself like often that future missionary person? Your same name, but missionary. How are you different? What do you see? I'll be super spiritual. Yeah. And what is what does that mean? Like, what is different about you? 
And the, you can all chime in. I want, you give me the first one, and then we'll see if we can get some stuff. I won't be so self-centered. Okay, yeah. You will lose your self-centeredness. Okay. Anything, anybody else think of themselves as super spiritual when they're in that day of mission? Okay, more knowledgeable. About what? Okay. Okay, so like the Bible? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> How else do you guys see yourselves? Future, missionary, super spiritual. How are you different then than you are now? More intentional about talking about it. Yeah. About talking about what? Yeah, intentional about um, talking about God. I think that you would all think that because you're you missionary. It seems like that's what's in your mind, and, and sharing the gospel, right? <clears throat> okay. Anything? What else do you guys see, or what else do you? What is different about you as a missionary than you now? Okay. More prayer. Do you have a picture of that or like what that would look like or just kind of a, it's like a sense of you. It's like a more prayer person. I think it will be because if things are hard and there's not a lot of other resources, yeah. you don't have to pray to God. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And actually that's the text on another one I think would just be like a dependence. Like a greater dependence on God. It's like, and you see yourself in that place. Okay? What else is different as you look forward and think about yourself? Okay. Okay. Is there any specific way? Okay. Yeah. So more of an impact and could be with your like medical skills. What about just you as a person? You think of that too, or more just the what you can do? Okay. Okay. Yeah, influence. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you're you're more impacting, and you're kind of like more trained, or you have more skills, or something. And you've completed whatever process you're in. Okay. So I'll just put completed training. You kind of like you made it or you arrived or okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Okay. So you when you think about yourself in the future as a missionary, you think about yourself lonely. Or more alone. And why are you alone in that picture? Okay. And you see yourself as kind of like the the lone person out in the middle of somewhere where there's no believers and you're the one. Yeah. More alone. Kind of fewer believers. 
do you see, like, do you think about a community being tight, or do you think about more just kind of isolated? Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, good. So when you think about yourself at this, there's a joy or there's a peace. I don't think most of you think about the missionary life in the future as like grumpy and frustrated and like, or you probably wouldn't be here, you know. Maybe you would. <laughs> but there's a joy, there's a joy and a peace. And you said about like knowing where your God, where God wants you, right? And even just like fulfilling the Great Commission. Yeah. Yeah. You know you're where God wants you. And there's like a there's a satisfaction in feeling like you're doing what you were made to do, right? Like you were you're in line with his will and you're doing what you're created to do. I won't write all that, you know what I'm saying. Okay, other things that you guys think about when you look forward. Yeah. Okay. How do you see that? More vulnerable is what you said, right? Yeah. Okay. What does that look like? So more, just kind of open. Like more, people can see you, you feel more kind of real or like as a person. Okay. <clears throat> All right, any other things that you guys think about? What's different about you then and now? Yeah. I'm more appreciative. Yeah. Yeah. And along with that, you because you don't have it, <laughs> yeah. So the little you don't have much. So the little things you're more appreciative for instead of having everything and frustrated about your iPad. Yeah, I do that. My iPhone crashed. Yes. An increased awareness of the needs of the world. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think when you think about missionary, like when you think about yourself as one, you're you're in tune, like with. You're in tune with the needs of the world, is what he said. In tune with needs of the world, and then you also said, like, in touch with God's heart. Okay. What else is different? Anything else different? About you as a missionary, your trajectory, where you're going, what you think about, where you want to be, compared to where you are now. Okay, it's a pretty good list. Okay, so let's. I want to say first. Um, what's in? So what's in the way of this? So think about all these things that we just wrote as like our picture of us being missionaries and tell me what's in the way. Okay. Okay, first with school. Where does what does school get in the way of? Time? Okay. Cuz you have to go to school. Okay. What's that? Comfort zone. Yeah. So I'll put school and I'll even just put time commitments, which um, 
should think about with work or And do you mean in terms of time just not being able to do not being able to go somewhere because you're in school or okay Okay. Yeah, finances. Okay. What else? What's in the way of doing this? Experience in your profession. Okay. So maybe you don't have a, you can't get a job or there's no opening for. Or if, you're a do- if you are just becoming a doctor, it's going to be different without resources. It's going to be even harder to perform your. Okay. So kind of your education level, I guess, or like skill set, because you're saying like if you were just a doctor or if you're in residency, maybe you're not ready to go somewhere. Okay, so education level, skill set. What else? Okay, that's a good one. Where does that play? Where do you see that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it might something might go bad, or you might fail. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing that could be in the way is family opposition. Even just extend that to like the opinions of others. Uncertainty of the calling. What else? What's in the way of living like that? Learning a different language. Okay. Yeah, language, culture. Except for the person that wanted to cross cultures. What else is in the way? Yeah, okay, good. Because <laughs> this is all sacrifice over here, and these like these came out really easy from everybody, but then what's in the way is like, no, that's simple. Like, no money, no family, no internet, <laughs> no time, I die, you know? Uh, I can't run, I have no freedom. You're like, sign me up for that. I got no hindrance in my heart with that at all. Okay, I'm just going to put comforts. And really like the love of them. Or even just liking them. You know? Okay? Anything else? Yeah, that's a good... Okay, debt. Okay. Which, uh, what would be your safety concerns? Or... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to, and that's kind of a big overarching one, but fear. And I'll put safety concerns as one of them. Okay. Okay, so finances again, just how do you support yourself there? Which we could put debt, and then we'll just put, uh, we have finances up here too. So, the how do I support our family here? 
Yeah. Okay. So finances I'll put up here, and then even raising support is kind of a in the way. It's like you got to do some work instead of just being able to get on the plane. Okay. Like how? Yeah. Like if they don't want to go or. Yeah. So relationships. Okay. Okay, like how? Like where to go, where to serve, who to serve. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll put like uh, just unknowns. Kind of the what, when, where. Okay. It's a good list. Anything else that's in the way that you guys see? <laughs> Two arrows going that way. Okay. Okay, so what's in the way of doing this is thinking about the future only. Yeah. And that's a good that's a good segue for me. Because here's the deal. The, there are very few over here that have to do with the location. So another country that has to do with location. And as we're talking, what I hear from most of you, what we're getting into, there's like two wings of it. And to me it's, one part of it is living as a missionary. And then the other wing is getting to another country. And most of the most of these barriers that we've hit on, there's a mix too. So I want you to try to kind of remove the country for a second. And let's get into just the living as a missionary. And some of this touches into it. I think our, our assumption is that um, we show up in wherever land and there's a magical transformation where I become this superhuman, like the Hulk comes out and he wasn't there before. There's a super spiritual awakening. There's powerful, effective ministry. There's impact. I stick out because I'm different. I am willing to lay down finances and I'm willing to leave my family and I'm willing to let go of internet and fast food and TV and I'm willing to sacrifice my time and I'm willing to die for the sake of Jesus and I'm willing to even suffer and even be more ill if I go. I'm willing to forgo my hobbies or figure out how to do them in a new place. I'm willing to give up some of my freedom so that I can preach the gospel to a certain people. I'm willing to be different. I'm willing to cross cultures. I'm willing to get out of my little safe bubble and go someplace to reach people. I think that I'm going to be super spiritual. I'm going to lose my self-centeredness. I'm going to be super knowledgeable in the Bible. I'll actually read the Bible when I'm a missionary. Okay? I will actually pray when I'm a missionary. Okay? I'll be this prayer warrior. And I won't need to pray until I get there. But then when I do get there, I will need to pray. And I will be praying. Um, I will be intentional about talking about God. When I get to wherever land, it's going to click. The gospel is going to be so clear to me. I'm going to be able to explain it to every person I run into. They're going to want to hear it. It's going to be awesome. They're going to follow me. I'm going to have more impact and influence. I'll get to wherever land and I'll be really influential. I'll be so dependent on God when I'm a missionary. I will be humble and I will know that I need Him. And so I will pray and we'll be tight and we'll be close. The training is a true one. Like I'll be done with all the skills I have. I'll be alone, uh, and I'll have this I'll have this joy and peace about being alone somehow. <laughs> I'll be so excited to be alone, and all by myself in this really hard place where I lose all my freedoms, and uh, there's danger all around me. It sounds so awesome. 
But right now, I don't want any of that. I'll be more vulnerable. I'll be real. Like, I'll be a real person that loves Jesus. And people will be able to see that I love Jesus. And I will not be ashamed of Jesus because I'll be in wherever land where people need Jesus. But not right now. Because the people around me don't need Jesus. I don't need to be vulnerable. I'll keep my walls up because I'm in America. I'll be more appreciative. Like, I won't need all the stuff I've got right now. And I'll learn how to live on nothing after being overstimulated and overconnected for all of my life, I'll show up there and it'll be awesome. I will love silence. I will love being disconnected. I will love not having Facebook. I'll be connected in tune with the needs of the world. When I get there, I will see all of the needs of the world and my heart will break for them. And I'll be so close to God that his heart and my heart will be like one. Does it sound familiar? I mean, I, so I want to ask you, like, what in the world... Out of all of that is different than now, other than the place. And I, I want to encourage you, like, these things are in God's heart. Like, I, I hear you guys talking, and I see the scriptures, and I see what Jesus taught, and it's what he's calling us to. Like, it stirs me to think about people willing to lay all that down for Jesus. The fact that that's in your heart, that you have that desire to put it all down and go after him. To follow him, to sacrifice everything, to lose everything. My question is, what in the world... Does most of that have to do with the place? And when you get there, it will not just click on. I went to Africa as a med student, and I thought like I was going to show up, and these missionaries were going to be like superhuman. And I was so excited to meet the superhumans. Like I was so excited to meet the like Delta Force of of Christianity, you know. And I got there, and I and I and I saw them, and I thought I would meet Jesus. Like I'd get off the plane, and he would welcome me, give me a handshake, and be like, "I've been waiting for you. Thank you for coming." And um, I was so disappointed when I was there. I was there for almost two months, and I saw the missionaries, and they had all this drama, like in their lives between them. There was two missionary. I'm trying not to be too specific here. There was missionaries in relationship with each other, and there was drama between them. There was isolation. There was very little contact with the local people. It was a very huge division. And I just, I looked at everything and thought, and they were spiritually just dry. Like it was so dry. I would go to the devotions in the morning at the church, I mean at the hospital, and it was just dry. And I saw people thirsty everywhere. They, they asked me to lead devotions, and I was, you know, I did it for like three or four days in a row. I'm a med student, I don't know anything. I'm opening the Bible, like, God, what do you want me to say? And God poured his spirit out, and it was like awesome. But what I realized is, he, Jesus came with me. <laughs> I didn't find him there. And if I didn't know him before I got there, I would not have found him there. The power that I experienced there and the way that God moved. And I found myself encouraging these missionaries and building up these like long-term people that were there who really needed encouragement. And what they needed was to remember the gospel. They needed to be touched by Jesus again. And they were busy doing all of this work and, and they, they missed it. They lost it. I don't want that to happen to you. These things that are in the way are real, and I'm glad you guys brought them up. They're in the way now. So I want you to think about, like, what, how do you handle these things? So my argument is that you should be living, you can, God's intention for you is to be a missionary. I think it's clear in the scriptures. He's a missionary God. He wants to reach people. He wants to reach the lost. And Jesus is worth it. He's worth everything on this side of the board. He's worth the loss of your life. He's worth the loss of anything. But he's worth it now. He's not just worth it in another country. 
So these things that come up, what do you do with these? How do you handle these hindrances? Because they're affecting you. They affect me. Now, help me. What do you do? Are we lost? Are we, are we just stuck? These are huge things and I can't get past them. Okay. So there's a place of faith. And he said, take a leap of faith and trust in his provision. Apply that to anything on this in the way. Help me understand it. We've got school, time commitments, comfort, finances, education level, fear of failure, family opposition, uncertainty of calling, language and culture, comforts, or the love of them, debt, fear, relationships, unknowns, and the future only thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So he said prayer, which is a good start, right? I mean, God didn't leave us alone to figure all this out. And I think there's a there's a real desire in our hearts to be missionaries. There is. That's why you're here. And it's God-given. Now, the things that are in the way of that are human, and they're common. Like the stuff that you struggle with and the things that are in the way in this list, and there's probably another 50 things we could put up here that are really in the way of us living on mission right now. At least 50 in your life. And I'll challenge you to just think about them this weekend because we're not going to put them all up here. But I want you to know what to do with those things. Okay? So he mentioned prayer. Prayer is like the... It's the most underused thing, I think, in the church. It really is. Prayer is what God gave us to actually connect with Him and talk with Him and commune with Him. It doesn't have to be this... You have to be in a room somewhere. But there's a place of taking these things to prayer. Now, what happens in prayer? So let's say you... Let's say you're, you're scared of your family opposition. Like your parents think you're ridiculous you know, for going to Iraq, which this happened to me. So why would, Or Africa, even, that first trip. Like your parents think you're insane for going to Africa. What do you do with that? How does prayer, how does prayer evolve with that? Has this happened to any of you? Help me. Just pray that they change their heart. Okay. So one place is realizing that God's bigger than them, right? So you can pray that he will change their hearts. Okay, what else? But don't be disappointed if their hearts don't change. Yes. And that's the understanding of the Gospels. Like, he can change their heart, but what if, they, what if he doesn't? Then what? How does prayer help you there? We think about prayer as like God doing something for us. Like, God, will you change their heart? So, if I come up against this and I'm scared to death because my parents don't approve of what I'm about to do and I'm like frozen in fear... The first thing we think about with prayer is like, change them, right? But who needs to change? I do, right? Prayer is predominantly for us to get right. It's not for him to change stuff to make it easier for us. Prayer connects me to his heart. If I'm afraid of my parents and I won't go somewhere because they disapprove, who's got the issue? Me, right? That's a discipleship issue. So what's in the way? Yeah. My parents know me better than I do. Okay. Sometimes. Yeah. So that's good. So let's say you have you have parents and they and it's there's a there's a place to hear your parents and to honor them. So your parents say something to you like I feel like you're just doing this to like be important or I feel like you're just doing this to get to like bother us. <laughs> you know, which could be valid. Like you could have some heart issues with your dad and you're like my dad hates Iraq so I'm going there, you know. <laughs> I have friends who've done that stuff. 
So, not me though. Uh, you could have heart issues, and that's the place of prayer of saying, God, will you test my heart? Is what they're saying true? And I think it's important to honor your parents where you don't just write them off. You don't have to obey your parents as an adult, but you need to honor them. So when your parents say, this is silly, I don't think you should go to Iraq, what are your concerns, mom and dad? Like, Tell me what your concerns are. I'm concerned to your safety. I think that you're doing this because we don't like Iraq. I think that you're whatever. Your place of prayer is like, okay, I'm going to take that to prayer. Your place of prayer is going to Jesus and saying, is what they're saying true? Evaluate my heart. Is my motive wrong in this or is it pure? Okay, let's say he, Jesus says, no, your motive's pure in this. Now what's your, where's your place? Yeah, which is a huge deal. That's a heart place that we need transformation. So Jesus is here to rescue us. He's here to save us. He's also here to transform us daily and and heal us of these things. So as we're in relationship with him, all these things, and as you pursue mission, all of these idols and things will come up in your heart like you love comfort or like you love TV or you love whatever. As you pursue mission, these things come up. And if you don't have a prayer life with him, you won't be able to process any of it. So he reveals to you what's in the way, but then he also provides the healing. Like He he reveals it not so you'll feel bad about it and be like, oh man, I'm so afraid of my parents. He reveals it so that he will he, you would bring it to him to heal you. And so you bring it to him and you say, Jesus, I'm so afraid of my parents right now. And it's paralyzing me. I don't know what to do. Will you heal me? Like, will you free me from this fear? And let me know. You're, and sometimes it's just affirmation. Like, you, you worried about what they think about you because you, you want them, you want you to feel valuable if your parents think well of you and you don't feel valuable if they don't. And that's where Jesus comes in and the Father comes in as a new father that says, I value you and I'm proud of you and I love you apart from what they think. The parent thing is huge. If you haven't walked through it yet, you will. There's a place of God being the father that displaces and is primary over your, your, your earthly father. But there's still an honoring and a listen to and a, and a humility in that. Okay, does that, make, does that make sense to anybody? Okay. I think the bigger, as you pursue mission, all these idols and things will come up in your heart. And they're, they're places that you can either get stuck or be afraid of or you can take into Jesus to heal you. Okay? So prayer is the place of, you know, we have to be able to deal with our hearts. And we have to be able to let Jesus heal and work in there. And most believers that I've seen don't have that ongoing conversation about what's going on in them. But it's given to us. Like you have the Spirit as a counselor to to reveal what's in your heart and what's in the way of you really being who God made you to be. And there's a lot there. There really is. You don't have to be afraid of it. I see a lot of Christians that are just afraid of their sin. They're afraid of their weakness. And so they stay away from it. I don't want to talk about my parent issues. I don't want to talk about that because it's too paralyzing. And I don't think I can get past it. What God is intending is for all those things that come up for you to take into Jesus and ask him to heal you. And he has healed and transformed so many things in me over the years. And all from this like pursuing him. I want to be close to you, Jesus. Okay. Um, Katie, do you have anything that I should be saying right now? Okay, all right. She helps me. Um, so 
I want to show. I want to talk about the gospel just for a second, and then I want to talk about this. Um, how I think the gospel is meant to impact our lives as missionaries. Okay, so if you live as a missionary now or in the future, I think this is a picture that we're supposed to have. Um, so the gospel is the story of God. It's the story of all time. He created everything. Everything got marred and fallen because we took over and wanted to rebel and be in charge. He sent Jesus to save us because nothing else would work. And man tried everything else in the interim to get there. He sent Jesus who paid the perfect price for us, died, rose from the dead, and then gave us new life. He died for our pl- in our place, so we canceled the debt, but he also rose from the dead, so we have new life. That's the gospel story in a nutshell. And for us, what that means is I'm never stuck. Okay? You're never stuck. No matter how big the sin is that's in your life, no matter what you see that's in the way of you following Jesus, you're never stuck because you have him. You can take anything to him and have him take it, transform you, and heal your heart. Now, the... The gospel, when we're talking about missions, we are, we're talking about being a missionary. I think most of the time we just think about the world, like out in wherever land. And we think we'll go there and be missionaries. Okay, but I think the gospel has to hit you first. Me. And I'm going to just write, do some concentric circles here. Just put spouse uh, or, or family Extended family. Um, close proximity. And then the world. I think the, what we confuse is that we think that, again, we're going to show up in the world and be able to share the gospel and articulate it and influence people. But we, lack, we miss all of these other like, levels of relationship that we have. The first one being you. The question is, do you re- are you really experiencing Jesus? Are you experiencing the gospel, not just you got saved, but is he real in your life? Is he transforming you? Is he healing you? Is he bringing you more and more like himself? Is the spirit at work in your life? If it's not, you shouldn't go beyond that circle. That's where you should stop. And you should ask him to work. And we, we run past that. Like you've been in a church for a long time and it can be assumed that this is happening and it's not. This takes time, it takes prayer, it takes it's a relationship. So if you don't spend any time with him, it's not going to be happening. So you first and then your spouse. Like does or your close family. I'm going to stay with spouse first, but does your spouse is your spouse growing in her understanding of the gospel or his? Is your spouse more like Jesus because she or he's been with you? Because they're in relationship with you, are they developing as believers? Are they growing as disciples? Are they more in love with Jesus because of the time they spend with you or not? If your spouse isn't growing in Christ from being with you, that's where you need to stop. And you need to focus on that. There's too many broken marriages and broken families that go on mission and you propagate brokenness. It doesn't mean you're completed by the time you do whatever you're doing. But there is a place of priority in God's kingdom that says, like, I need to be connected to Jesus first. I need to be, my, my wife needs to be experiencing Jesus from me. If I can't, and actually, the qualifications for elder, it says that if you can't lead your own home, if you can't develop your own home, you're not qualified to be an elder. There's a place where if, you, if my wife doesn't flourish under my leadership, then why would anyone else? And this is hard. 
I mean, this is hard. If your spouse isn't flourishing and understanding the gospel more and being more free and alive and healed and seeing Jesus more, that's where you need to go back to and deal with. This has to do with family too, your parents. And this is some of the hardest ground. Your parents and your siblings, especially if you don't come from a Christian home, which I didn't. If your parents aren't experiencing God from you, and you don't have to make it happen, but if if there's not a... Um, if you can't see a place where you're actively loving them and carrying them and pointing them towards Jesus, you need to go back there and work on it. Now, you don't control them. They could reject you. They could say no. They could back off. But in your own heart, there's a place of pursuing that, of loving your family first. And these are, these are things that if they build, then you have a family to actually go on mission with. So if you can't disciple your kids, if... Your kids don't grow in Christ. If your kids don't see Jesus, if you're not able to share the gospel with your kids, my four and a half year old, like our kids are four and a half, three, and I have a newborn. We model repentance to them because we actually ask them for forgiveness. I've never seen parents ask kids for forgiveness, but we do because we feel like we're not the ultimate authority and I'm not perfect. So when I mess it up with my four-year-old, I ask him for forgiveness. I'm repenting to a four-year-old But in doing that, I'm displaying the gospel. I'm saying, I'm not ultimate for you. I'm not perfect, and I'll miss it. And when I miss it, I ask for forgiveness and ask Jesus to heal me. If your family, if your kids are not experiencing the gospel through you, you got to go back there. You you can't, I see so many, I've seen so many families skip over their kids, skip over their marriage to do ministry. And I don't think it's what God intended. I think he intended you to be pouring yourself out in these circles and then those circles going with you on mission. Okay, your extended family, not just your nuclear family, but cousins and whatever, whatever's in your life. And close proximity is kind of your work or your school. There are tons of relationships at school, administrative. There's tons of relationships at work. It's everybody around you that you come in contact with. God's intention is for you to have um, the aroma of Christ with them kind of to see them as opportunities to live out the kingdom with them. And if we don't see it here, you won't see it when you get to Whereverville. When you go to Whereverland, if this is the time for you to cultivate this, for you to pursue connecting with people in everyday life that you go around, to pray for them, like to actually have a prayer life for the people in your life, to ask God to move in their lives, for your heart to be right, and for the things that come up for you to take to Jesus for healing. And then the last one is the world. And I think... It's not that you have to complete all these circles again. Like we, my family is in flux and we are learning to walk with God and I'm learning how to disciple my kids. And I went to Iraq this year. But I'm not taking from, I'm not pulling away to go do this from my family. And my wife is experiencing the Lord. and, And honestly, for a while, like we got married and we had a rough go. Like I was not good at discipling my wife. You know, and you think that sitting down and have a Bible study with, that's not gonna work. So, Leading my wife into healing and leading my understanding my wife's heart and then directing her to Jesus for that healing. Like seeing the idols, seeing the things that crept up in her as we tried to pursue Jesus and then being able to gently, to love her unconditionally and to point her to Jesus. I've seen her transform and continue to heal over the last few years. In doing that, I'm learning how to disciple. I'm learning how to love people. And if you can't love your wife, if you can't love your spouse, you're not going to love strangers. You can superficially, but when it gets hard or you get close to them, it's going to be the same issues you have. 
the people closest to you are the hardest ones because they get in your stuff, you know? I mean, you can't just, I won't see you for three weeks and then I can feel better about it. Your wife, your spouse is going to be there. Your family is going to be there. That's the rich soil for God to actually transform you. The stuff we run from is the things that God is trying to heal from us. So when you're in your family and they, you know, they push all your buttons and you go nuts, there's a place there that Jesus wants to heal. And he wants you to learn how to be a missionary in your family even if they reject you. To love them. Like to actually delight in them even if they aren't following God. To see them as children. To see them as friends. To, to love them and actually display Christ to them. Your kids will get on your, if you don't have kids yet, they will get, they will get you. Okay? They'll push you. And in that, Jesus again is there to rescue. So I think God's intention again is, is for us to be missionaries now. It's to experience the gospel now. It's to be experiencing Jesus so much that I overflow into the relationships around me. And if it's not that way, then there's hope. I, I want to tell you again. If you're like, I don't even know if I'm connecting with him, and definitely the people around me aren't, go back to him and ask him to, to renew your love. Ask him to fill you and ask him to show you what's in the way of me reliving this way now. And as he does that, he will heal every place. He doesn't put it on you to figure it out and have to do it. He shows it to you so you'll come to him and know him as the healer. Every place that I've been off, he is healed. And I, I'm thankful for my brokenness because it's allowed me to know him in the, as a healer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop now because they wanted me to give at least 15 minutes for a question. So questions or just anything that you guys want to talk about a little bit more. So when we, so Katie and I lived in this little apartment um, before we lived in the house we live in now, and we had this realization like we should love our neighbors. Okay, so like God wants us to care for our neighbors and reach out to our neighbors, and so we realized it, which was a bear, so we realized as a mission we want to live as a missionary, and we were talking about moving into the like northern part of our city, which is more underserved, and and Katie was like, well, if we're gonna go there, like what's gonna happen different there than where we are now? We don't love, we don't reach our neighbors here. Like, we don't love our neighbors here. We don't know our neighbors. Why would that happen when we move into the neighborhood? And so we found a real barrier. We realized, like, we're selfish. <laughs> we don't, and, and we had to face the fact that we don't really love our neighbors. And so Katie is like, I don't, and she's someone who hates pretending. So she doesn't want to pretend at all. So, like, if we don't love our neighbors and we need to be honest about that, and she just kind of was like, we don't do anything. And I, there's another option than not doing anything and just realizing you don't love your neighbors, and that is repent, Right? So we got, on our, we got on our knees and we were like, Jesus, we're so sorry that we don't love our neighbors the way that you do. Will you forgive us for that? And will you change us? Will you give us a new heart? Will you give us a love for the people around us? And even, will you make it easy for us to connect with them? Like, will you just, will you just do it so that we know it's you? We don't want to feel fake and we don't want to try to use people or just to connect with them for our own gain. So will you just do it? And he changed our hearts, and we general, genuinely started to love our neighbors. And within a week, we met almost all the people that lived around us. It was insane. Just walking by or whatever happened, and we got into a relationship with them that have continued. And it's, So that's just an example of 
finding a barrier that's in your heart that's real, and it's usually sinful. So you take your sin to Jesus and you repent of it and he changes you. It happens individually, it happens as a family, it'll happen as an organization if you're in, if you, any organization you're in, I think, I think the hallmark of a Christian, honestly, is that you're regularly repenting. And I see it very little. Okay. Yes? Um, you mentioned that you were um, discipling your wife and that you yeah. were pouring into her. Like, how did she pour into you and how did she, like, help you? Yeah, that's good. I mean, she, the, the way my wife helped me, honestly, the most was, like, I was so bad at loving her when I first got when we first got married, that she exposed all the places that I was selfish and um, needed transformation. So part of it was just my lack of ability to be a good husband. And that drove me to Jesus and got me transformed. She's a, she's a, apart from my like um, need for transformation that she was very able to bring about, I mean, she helps me incredibly with her, her gifts are exact opposite of mine. Part of the reason we have, we had so much trouble initially is we're like exact opposites. Like personality-wise, even if you had me pick a random color, it would be the opposite of her. And um, her gifts are very, like, administrative task. And I didn't value them. I didn't understand them. And um, But as, I've, as we've become one, she offers me all of those. So I benefit from seeing God in giftings that are different than mine. She also, she has an incredibly tender heart. And so she's led me into really how to love people, like how to genuinely love them. I feel like I can connect with people generally, superficially, regularly well, and she is like a faithful lover. I mean, like when she gets a friendship, she is there for the long haul. And I've learned that from her. I've learned how to really pay attention to people, really listen. Like she's an incredible listener. I was horrible at listening. I was good at talking. I wasn't good at listening. And... Um, so learning how to, she's great at listening. She's taught me how to listen and how to love people, like to stay with them and to hear the details of their lives and then remember them and love them intentionally with those details. That's a good question. Any other? Yeah. When you went to Africa, you said that you were grateful that you had repented of your sins and accepted Jesus into your life and that you had brought him with you because you certainly couldn't have seen him there and you didn't find Jesus there, but I was just wondering if you could talk more about that, because in the gospel, Jesus clearly demonstrates that he identifies, he walks with the poor, yeah. he walks with the needy, yeah. wouldn't you think that he would be there present in the lives of people? Yeah, and I don't mean to say that he he's not there. I think my, he is among, there are definitely experiences of seeing poverty or being among the poor that like God works in, and you see Jesus there. I think what I'm saying is your own intimacy with him, like your relationship with him, does not magically happen by you being somewhere else. And it can be, he can use any experience to propel you forward or to draw you into him. But to to go thinking that that's going to just happen for you, I think is a, is a wrong assumption that we make. Yeah? I see kind of two extremes here. There's one that I'm going to go and I'll be fixed. Yeah. Remember that I have to be perfect before I go. Yeah. How do we balance this? Yeah, I think that that's a good question. So the question is, one extreme is I'm gonna say it again for me. One is I'm gonna go, and I'll be fixed, and I'll be fixed when I'm there. The other is I can't, go I can't go until I'm fixed. I'm broken, and I can't go until I'm fixed. Yeah. 
I think you're, I think in a, in a, so the gospel truth is that you're always going to be broken in a measure. Like you're never going to be fixed until he comes back. So when he comes again, he's going to fix everything and set everything right. We're in the window where the kingdom is broken out, but it's not complete yet. And the same with me. The kingdom began, Jesus began to work in me. Before him in heaven, I'm perfect, but here on earth, there's still a lot of work to do. He's progressively working that out. I think you have to be aware of your brokenness. I, I don't even know that it's a be fixed before you go. I don't know that that's what I'm saying. I think that's the wrong belief that you have, is that you'll be fixed when you show up. I think it's learn how to be healed now and the things that come up now. And if you do that and learn that and have that intimacy with him now, where he's healing and breaking through barriers and, and transforming, you learn how to walk with him now, you'll know how to walk with him when you get there. If you don't know how to walk with him now, you're not gonna. It's gonna be hard when you get there. It's not just gonna happen. And that may those circumstances may be part of what he uses to break you down to get there. But you, there's a desire for him to learn for you to learn that now. So more than like not being broken when you're there, it's do you know what to do with your sin? Do you know how to connect with him? Do you do you know Jesus in that way? Because more stuff's gonna come up the harder it gets, and the further you go. That's a good question. Any other ones? Yeah. If you have a to go, yeah. Well, and I I think that part of that part of that answer is it's still the thinking about somewhere else being the mission. So the first thing I would say is you don't have to. In your life now, he desires for you to be a missionary. Part of that, if you feel a call to a place and the finances are an issue, you make these sacrifices now rather than waiting till you're there. So you can make choices financially about your mortgage. You can make choices financially about your job. Um, you can limit your spending mainly. I mean, live, living simply and putting aside money, if you're preparing to go for a year, making changes in your life to match that. If you feel a strong calling to go somewhere and wherever, and these things are in the way, one, praying, again, asking God, you, I feel like you want me to go here, but I see these things in the way. What do you want to do about them, Lord? And he may say, I'm going to provide for you miraculously. He may tell you to change some things in your life, and it may be both. So there's a place of having the conversation with him. I feel like you called me to this, but this is in the way. Can you come in and change this? And what about me needs to change for us to line up? Yeah. We've made very like clear decisions financially, specifically to get out of debt and to, and I'm, I worked full time for the last few years, and I'm actually taking a Sabbath year this year, and God has provided for that in our our like trimming down our life and paying off all of our debt to be able to do that. And He did it, but I mean, I was we made decisions that were very clear from Him, and that affected it. Another good question. Whatever's in the way, God has an answer for. So if you see, even yourself, like if you see yourself not who you want to be or not what you really desire, that's a place to go to God and say, what, what's in the way? Ask him to make you different. I'm scared. To, if you're scared to death to talk to anyone that's a stranger, take it to him. He can change you. I mean, I think in the church we forget that God actually changes people. He, he wants to transform you. If he's put a desire in your heart and you're so far from that person, ask him to begin to work. 
but then be willing to lay down anything that he asks that's in the way. Any other questions? We've got a couple minutes. I think if you learn to live this way, um, one, God will be... All the things that you desire about this side, God being near, a prayer life, those things will happen here. And if he calls you to go to wherever land, you'll be ready in terms of spiritually. Like you'll know how to walk with him. You'll know how to talk to people. You'll know how to navigate things. Now is your training for whatever's coming. And his desire is really for us to be transformed now. It's not just the future. He doesn't just think about the future. He's really concerned about now. Okay, any last things? Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for this group. Um, I just ask you to speak to each person here that if there was, that you would just say whatever you want to say to each person that came here. I pray for their hearts to still burn to be missionaries and I pray that you would give them the courage to face what's in the way now. That you would um, just encourage them and build them. That you draw them into deeper intimacy. That that you just bring to mind to each one what's in the way. And for each one here that you'd show them a clear thing about what's in the way of them living this way now. Whatever stage they're at, wherever place they're at. That they would, you would show them how to find you where they are. That you're very interested in where they are right now and who they are right now. And would you train them in just how to walk with you deeply, to be transformed by you, to know you. I thank you for this time, and I just I pray for this weekend again with this conference that you would move mightily in people's lives. Amen.